You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of The Process. Man, how is everybody doing? Welcome to The Process, where the process is greater than what it produces. Man, I, I'm, I'm amazed. I am uh, at awe. I am just so thankful. Obviously, it's the holiday season, so happy holidays to everybody. Man, listen, I was able to contact one of my buddies, man, uh, fellow ambassador John McGraw. Obviously, man, he does an amazing job, entrepreneur, uh, does a lot of things in our community. Uh, but we'll, we'll, take a, we'll take a second to get to him in just a moment. Um, obviously, we got to pay some bills. Every time we start the show, we got to pay some bills. We always got to thank the title sponsor, the McGinnis Group, uh, Scott Soxie, Sonny, and Matt McGinnis. Man, we appreciate everything that's being done with the McGinnis Group um, as far as health benefit solutions for companies. Yes, I am an employee at the uh, MGI team. Uh, I mean, we do employee benefits. We do uh, long-term health care. Uh, we got retirement and financial services. Let us take a chance. Give us an opportunity to become uh, overview what your company is doing as far as your financial and your health benefits needs. Let's be a part of the team. Come and be a part of the team. T-E-A-M. Together, everybody achieves more. Yes, I came up with that. I'm a, I stamp it. I, uh, that's my saying. Together, everyone achieves more. That's being part of the McGinnis Group, the MGI team. And without further ado, man, we get into the, the process the same way every week. We talk about the who, we talk about the what, and we talk about the where. Who is John McGraw? What is he currently doing? And then where can we find him on social media? So we're going to pivot over to my man, John McGraw. Man, who are you, man? Shop. Well, first of all, <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for having me. Fun to get a chance to spend some time with you. Yes, sir. And uh, looking forward to the conversation. Uh, so who I am, that's a really deep existential question. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how deeply we want to get into this, but uh, I'll start by first saying I'm a dad. Yes. And uh, yeah, I have two amazing kids, uh, Lawson 16 and Layton's 15. I just turned 15. And so, uh, uh, yeah, I love getting to be a dad and also an entrepreneur. So uh, a business owner and, and partner. And uh, we've got a really uh, amazing consulting firm, Vision Pursue, that um, I spend a lot of my time uh, facilitating cohorts uh, from corporate teams to sports teams through our, our 10-week programs. Um, so either I'm being a dad and hanging out with my kids or I'm uh, helping run Vision Pursue yes, and taking care of our clients. So that's, uh, yeah, who I am. All right. So where can people find you on social media? It's really hard to find me on social media. <laughs> uh, but, or, where, or where can somebody find yeah. you to get in contact you, even for your business? Yeah. Just... Yeah. LinkedIn's the best place. LinkedIn. So I, I, I do, um, yeah, keep up with LinkedIn. Uh, and so you can find me there, and that's about about it. All right, cool, cool. So let's talk about your travels, man. What, uh, what hometown are you from? High school, on to obviously college, K State grad, and then what was your uh, trip as far as getting here to the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, so small town Kansas kid, grew up Riley, Kansas, and uh, you know, small little two A. We were just big enough to become a three A school my my junior and senior year. Um, my, my, I love sharing this story because without uh, Mitch Holtis, I probably wouldn't have had the chance to to walk on at Kansas State University. But my senior year was playing uh, Silver Lake, and his son, Mitch, Mitch's son, was playing um, okay. for Silver Lake. So Mitch was at the game. I had a really good game, and Mitch came in the locker room after the game and found me. So he came in the opposing team's locker, you know, at the at our school, found me, 
and said, hey, John, where are you, you going to play football next year? And I had zero offers. Mm. I, no one was looking at me. And so Mitch started calling every football contact he had in, in college football. And because of that, Kansas State Coach Snyder found me, you know, saw me and then and gave me an invitation to walk on the football program there, which was my dream uh, to play uh, play football at Kansas State. And so uh, so I still, every time I get a, get a chance to uh, give a shout out to Mitch, my man Mitch Holtis, uh, for that, that chance and opportunity. And what I love about that is you know, how, how many times uh, did it take someone kind of believing in us before we maybe believed in ourselves and yes. someone sticking their neck out and saying, hey, this this guy or this gal deserves a shot, right? Yes. And and Mitch was one of those really key instrumental people for me. So uh, so then, yeah, walk on the Kansas State football team, uh, walked on as a wide receiver, ended up switching to safety, uh, which uh, was maybe a little bit more of a natural position for me, but it gave me the best chance to earn a scholarship. Quite mm-hmm. frankly, that was my, my number one concern. So uh, Coach Snyder had a great walk-on program, earned a scholarship my second season at, at K-State, and then started playing on defense. I was a starter my junior season at free safety, and I had a good junior season and a good good senior senior year and ended up being a second-round draft pick to the Jets. Uh, so spent a few years with the Jets uh, and then a couple with the Lions, um, and then my last five back here in, in Kansas City with the Chiefs. All right, Jets, Lions, and Chiefs. Hey, like you said, you started off as a wide receiver, moved to secondary. We got similar paths um, in high school, Richmond, Virginia, Hermitage High School. 11th grade, I walk out and, you know, all my friends after school are going to the football field. I get on the bus. I go home. I start calling around for somebody to, you know, hey, let's go shoot hoops. They all at, they all at football. They all playing football. So I go up to support them. I got my basketball in my hand. I'm dribbling up to the school, sitting in the bleachers, watching everybody play. And I'm looking at the guys out there, and I'm like, man, I probably could do it. Like, like. I mean, I'm a good athlete. I just don't want to hit nobody. But I'm, I'm, I'm I, I could do something. I could play that wide receiver position. I could mm-hmm. play that safety position. So I started off as as a safety in high school, and then when I went to University of Richmond, um, actually, and, and I got I got a scholarship to come to the University of Richmond to play wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, my senior year, I averaged 28 yards a catch. I ran two routes: a stop route or a go route. <laughs> if you played up on me, I ran past you. If you played off, I ran a stop route. Me and the quarterback had a great little signal, uh, you know, right there, the fade route. Right here was the stop okay. route. Yeah. Uh, we kept it real simple. Uh, ended up, you know, getting me a, a University of Richmond offer. Uh, but then when I got to University of Richmond, they re- 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 realized real soon that I didn't know how to play wide out. <laughs> Running two routes, I didn't know the route tree. I didn't have great, great, great hands. Um, so I got moved to defensive back, played defensive back for a season two. Corner to safety, safety to linebacker. Uh, I'm a fourth round draft pick for the, by the Washington Commanders, which used to be the Washington Redskins, um, and then you know history after that. So mm-hmm. uh, definitely, I think it's such a benefit playing multiple positions. Yeah, uh, learning both sides of the ball. I think that either one of us probably makes us a better defender because we understand the offense, what they're trying to do to offense, opening up windows, trying to get us to uh, they use their eyes to move us out of certain mm-hmm. zones, to open up certain zones. Uh, but then also, like you said, having somebody to vouch for you and speak to you. Uh, my guidance counselor, Miss Carol Bowen, was somebody in high school at, at, at Hermitage who always saw more in me than I saw in myself and was like, hey, if you have the opportunity to go play college ball, give it your all, put, pour everything into it. Um, you know, you can always kind of go back to school, but your body can only probably play so long. So if you have the opportunity, just continue to play as long as you can. And I just kind of took that, you know, planted that seed, watered it, nurtured it. And I think that was maybe the, some of the words of wisdom that kept me going and going and going, even when, you know, times got tough. And I was like, you know what, this football thing is for the birds. Hmm. So there's always a few a few uh, mentors in our lives to keep us 
uh, keep us going with some words of wisdom. Um, and that's something I think that is very uh, uh, mirrors in both of our yeah. in both of our careers. Well, you talked about K State. Um, obviously, you talked about Mitch Holt. Mitch Holt just had an amazing streak going on that just recently ended. Um, the first pro game he missed, I think, in his entire career was uh, two weeks ago when the team uh, went out to Vegas. I think it was. Um, no, when the team went, um, where were they at when Mitch? Green Bay, the Packers game. He missed the Packers game. I think it broke a 500-plus uh, game streak of him calling professional games. And um, it was it was, it was was heartbreaking to even send him a text to say, hey, man, hope you feel better. And the only thing he cared about was the streak. Yeah. <laughs> Do you understand what, what, kind of, what kind of legacy I'm, 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 I'm missing out on with this uh, uh, COVID and everything? So, mm-hmm. man, listen, always just love Mitch Holders, everything yeah. he's done, voice of the Chiefs. But me and you have a brother, uh, another ambassador friend, is you know a family we want to remember. Um, Ed Buddy, uh, Ed Buddy is one of our uh, fellow ambassadors. Uh, he passed away a few days ago, uh, so we just want to give all the, the prayers and blessings, thoughts to the uh, Buddy family um, and all of his friends and everybody that knows that man. Uh, he's he was a part of this franchise for a number of seasons. Uh, so many great uh, things he's done in the community. But as a fellow ambassador, we just want to like tip our hat and say, man, this uh, a life well lived and uh, with all the respect, all due respect. So that's 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 how we start the show, man. The who, the what, the where. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break and come back. I, I wanted to take a quick break, so I want that second segment to be very long. We're gonna just dive deep into the playoff picture. Everybody's so excited. We about to hit week sixteen, man. This is make a break. We got some teams already started. Um, playoff mode. We talk about the Bills. We talk about uh, the Broncos. Uh, some teams got their back against the wall, John. So we're going to break that all down in the second segment. Looking forward to coming back. The process, where the process is always greater than what it produces. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is Tucker Franklin from KC Sports Network. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure to follow us and subscribe for more Chiefs content wherever you get your podcast. If you want to support us further, you can shop the latest collection of KC Sports Network merch in partnership with Sandlot Goods. You can find hats, shirts, hoodies, and more at sandlotgoods.com. You can click the link in the description for more information. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the process where the process is always greater than what it produces. Man, we're always talking about the ingredients for excellence in this show, man. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at the playoff picture, especially the AFC, because this is Chiefs Kingdom and we care about the AFC. And we're going to look team by team and try to see what's left on the menu for these playoff predictions and these playoff bound teams to see if there's, man, there's so much room for movement. Um, I w- it would shock me at the way that the rankings are right now. The playoff seeds stay like they are um, from week 16, 17 to 18. So uh, with three games left, uh, the, the one thing we do know, and I'll state this off the bat, if Kansas City wins, they win a, I think it's a ninth straight AFC West. Um, and that dominance is, is, is almost just this crazy in itself. Not only would it be the ninth straight, but it would be the 16th overall which I think when we talk about the AFC West, each of the four teams as of right now has won exactly 15 titles. The Raiders have won 15 times. The, uh, the Chargers have won 15 times. Uh, the Broncos have won 15 times. And the Chiefs have won 15 times. So this year will break that, 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 uh, that stall out, that stall, stalemate of 15 uh, titles and it could be it would be no better chance to do it than this week. Um, we have a two 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 game lead on the Broncos right now, so a win by Kansas City actually would win the AFC West, or a tie and a loss by the Denver Broncos would also win the AFC West. But we're in no place to talk about no ties. We just uh, pedal to the metal, man. The, the Chiefs Kingdom, Steve Red. We got uh, uh, the Raiders coming to town. It's Raider Week, and I, you know what? I probably we should have started the show talking about that, man. Raider week is so real. We'll, we'll definitely catch that on the back end of this segment. Uh, but Raiders week is still um, thriving through my bones. Every time I know we're about to play uh, uh, the Raiders, we talk about Raider week. So just real quick, man, let's go through some of these teams. The number one seed right now is the Ravens. Obviously, the Ravens have dealt with a little bit of injuries with Mark Andrews going down uh, last game. Their backup running back, uh, uh, Mitchell's uh, hurt his knee. But the Ravens are 11-3. Thir- they are facing the 49ers on Monday Night Football, then the Dolphins and the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I just want to preface this by saying I watch very little football, so yeah. please take <laughs> all of my opinions and perspectives with a grain of salt. Uh, but I, I'm really looking forward to those the next two games against the 49ers and the Dolphins. I think those are great matchups, uh, and we'll get a lot of insight to uh, what the playoff picture is going to look like. Uh, I could see the Ravens dropping those those two games. Mm. Uh, and really, um, you know, giving the Chiefs maybe a chance at that at that one seed still. Yes, right. That's right. If they drop those two, that'll you know bring those losses to five, and 
Um, obviously, if we get to a point where we're in a tiebreaker with the Ravens, I think we do get a, a hold the tiebreaker over the Ravens when it comes to um, divisional losses and stuff like that. So the next team right now, number two, is the Dolphins. The Dolphins are uh, 10-4, and four, and they are facing the Cowboys, the Bills, on the Cowboys, then Baltimore, then the Bills. Yeah, that is a gauntlet for those guys. And by the way, I have to say, so the Dolphins are one of our clients. We've built out their mental mm-hmm. skills training program, and this is our first year working with them. So you so might know I'm a little biased. You got a little insight about like, Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> no insider trading here, but I'm, I'm a I'm a huge fan of, of the Dolphins, yeah. and I, I think you know, like what they've what might be Daniel's way. He's built that culture yes. and yes. the product they put on the field. But that is an absolute gauntlet for those guys going down the stretch here. What I think is really interesting about the final few games of the season, it reminds me a little bit of the first few games of the season where it feels like anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Like you get into the heart of the season, it feels like teams kind of play up to expectations and it feels like it's easier to predict the middle of the season. But beginning of the season and towards the end, especially when there's a, this playoff picture that's playing out and there's every play matters and pressure bust pipes, right? And there's a lot of pressure on these teams to go out and perform. Kind of feels a little bit like anything can happen. So I'm, but. That's a tough stretch for man. We talk about the AFC, the team. I, I, I like the Dolphins too. So I think I um, you talk about the preseason picks. I had the Dolphins actually coming in as the number one seed. I thought that the I, mean, I, I thought that the Jets were fake Fugazi from the beginning, even before um, Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Uh, I just thought that their their the Jets offensive line was going to at some point make him vulnerable. And it, it wasn't even the offensive line; it was just his age and him getting old. Um, the Achilles heel kind of gave out on him, and and that's another that's another story for another day. How quickly he's come back from that Achilles. Yes. yes. Um, obviously, a, a ph- that phenomenal recovery, a phenomenal um, aspect in itself. But the Dolphins team, man, the way they run the ball, and I've always you know have um, a lot of respect for McDaniel's as far as you know he, he's he's kind of coming off of the the Shanahan tree as far as you run the ball first instead of the pass, and then with the weapons he accumulated with Waddle. And cheetah, and then having a guy like Tua that can, you know, the play action pass and finding them um, in the running game with Mozart, um, uh, Achien, um, the young guy coming into the into the fold. I mean, they they they've surrounded Tua with some really high end weapons, and when you talk about speed kills, I mean, they stretch the field vertically, horizontally. It's a track meet, and no one is catching up with that team when they start when they start rolling. Um, they've had a few, uh, you know, a few hiccups against some teams, real good teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, their season has just been a, a accumulation of, like you said, um, definitely being in tune to their emotions and their spirits and their visions and stuff. So, I mean, I got to take a, uh, you know, I got, I got to plug your your company right here and saying that if there's any team that's taking advantage of their uh, emotional intelligence and their feelings, it's got to be the Dolphins right now because they're feeling it and they're playing some really, really good football. Um, so how does that how does that work on a day to day when you talk about the uh, the company and, and what's being uh, like laid out for the Dolphins as far as using your company? How does a, an athlete come to work and get the get the most usage out of it? Yeah, so, so uh, first I got to give uh, props to my business partner Russ Roush. He's done a lot of the heavy lifting and is down there in Miami. We work with the Heat as well, and so he's spending a lot of time in person there with the Heat. And the Dolphins is our first year with them, and so the first year it's always a little bit of kind of feeling out mm-hmm. what's what's um, how much can you do, and there's a lot of moving pieces on a football team, um, and so that's why we tend to work more in, in basketball. Uh, but the, the, um, we've known Mike since he was with the, the Falcons um, and yes. Dan Quinn in Atlanta, and we just have a tremendous amount of, of respect for him. And and he's he and his staff have done a tremendous job of building a really great culture, uh, and so I feel like they they've made it easier for us to come in and. 
have an impact. Um, but the, the way we, we see mental skills training is just like strength and conditioning, right? You have a strength coach, you have someone that builds out a system, um, and, and mindset, um, uh, mental toughness is not a, a gift. Like you're not born with it. You, it's something you develop. Uh, and so we have a, a training program, um, that we implement and usually it's done um the first year it's done more kind of by, by position. So I know like the wide receivers, the O-line, um, have, have really bought in. Um, and so, so when we come in, there's a, there's an overview, Hey, explain what mental skills training is, what a system look, what looks like, how you develop it. And then every team's a little bit different in terms of how they implement it. Uh, and there's a program for the coaches. There's a program for the players. Um, and so, and like I said, Mike, Mike has been a, a huge supporter of ours. Um, our, our training has really helped him and, uh, and vice versa. We've learned a lot from Mike and, uh, it's one of our favorite things when we get to work with some of these top teams, we learn as much from them as, as you know, they learn from us. And so, um, yeah, I'm excited to see how the, how the dolphins handle the, the stretch here in the playoffs. Yeah. Be fun to watch them. But that mindset, man, building a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, letting guys really understand um, kind of what season of life they're in and what, what, you know, where they are mentally as far as in the season. It's a lot. You think about you start off by yourself off season with 16 week OTAs. You come into the facility, um, you know, weekend y'all have these, you know, kind of workouts to start throwing in the game plan. But then training camp starts and you're there for 20 to 30 days hitting each other. Hundred guys on the roster. You're battling your brother to see who's going to be the last 53 standing to make the team. Then the season starts, like you said. Those first three games, you're trying to fill out. Hey, the, the things we worked on during training camp are they really working? Are we? Are we? Do we know who we are? Do we have an identity? Are we? Uh, you know, where are we at in the pecking order? Uh, everybody has their preseason rankings of who's the uh, playoff bound teams. Who are the teams that probably you know aren't going to be a playoffs, and then who's going to surprise? But then you get to the meat of the schedule, and it's now it's about a game of attrition. You're trying to just survive, right? People are getting injured. People are coming back from injuries. You're putting guys on IR. You're taking them off IR in the middle of the season. And now we get to the moment where we are now, the final four games of the season. All right, this is where you get hot. This is where momentum starts. Yes. You know, if you can win out and win the first, the, the, the last three or four games of the season – I think we, we, we've seen so many times, I know I, I can remember the New York Giants, I remember the, uh, the Ravens, I remember teams that, 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 that started kind of shaky somewhere during the, the season, they might have hit a cold streak or something, but then they got hot at the end of the season, even if they didn't win their division, mm-hmm. the, the team that was the hottest going into the final weeks of that season and carried that momentum into the playoffs, those were the teams that I felt like uh, when it came to the playoffs really were the teams you didn't want to see. Um, so we're going to see over these next three weeks who is going to be that team. Who is a team that, that no one wants to see? And right now, it's the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Buffalo Bills are the team that, man, they, you know, uh, Josh Allen turned the ball over a whole lot. Um, they had some play calling issues, so they got rid of the offensive coordinator, uh, put another guy in there, and they have been feeding the ball to James Cook. They've been getting the ball out of Josh Allen's hands. He's been throwing it all over the field. He's been running it himself. Defensively, they've been super aggressive, um, and that's the team I think that we've we've seen in the last few weeks. Who uh, their backs against the wall. They're playing like it's playoff already. Right. Because uh, I think they know record wise at eight and six, if they lose again, um, it's very hard for a seven loss team to make the playoffs. But if they can win out, uh, there's a chance of them sliding into one of those last seats in the either six or seven seed. So um, going back to some yeah. of the teams and some of the things. Obviously, right now the Chiefs. I mean, we are. Uh, nine and five, we are heading uh, to trying to win the AFC West. 
But the 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 division that I, that I want to ask you about is between the Jags, the Colts, and the Texans. That's three teams that are in the AFC South. They are all tied at eight and six. And so going into the last final three weeks of the season, or final uh, yeah, the final three weeks of the season, and being tied at eight and six, um, what are some of the things I think you know from from those teams that they're going to separate the the teams that actually go to the playoffs and the teams that are go home. Yeah, so I haven't watched those those teams play, but I, I think, of course, injuries Just overall. Yeah, yeah overall, I think injuries. Who, who can stay healthy going down the stretch, and who, who's healthiest right now? I think that's probably number one. Um, but then number two, you mentioned the kind of emotional intelligence. You know, the mm-hmm. the pressure of um, this point in the season is significant. It's real, and a lot of times I think fans forget. You look, just watch these players out in the field. They look like gladiators, and they're unfazed and impervious to right. They just go out and play. And now there's a there's a storm inside, right? Like they're dealing with a lot of emotion, and we're around the holidays, and there's family stuff, there's distractions. Um, so I, I think that the the second component that's going to uh, separate these teams is who can who can stay focused on on what they have control over, um, and who can weather the the storm of the emotions of dealing with the pressure that every every play counts. Yeah. So playoff pressure is going to be building and. When we look at these teams, the Jaguars, you know, Doug Peterson is there. He has who I call the Prince Lawrence. Uh, so he's, 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 he, you know, if Patrick Mahomes is the king, then Lawrence uh, is the prince. Um, but that team is kind of set. They, they haven't had any big injuries. They just kind of made their way through the season, lost a few games they shouldn't have, won a few games they shouldn't have. But the one thing, the two things that we just talked about that they have that the other teams don't is um, the Colts have lost their – Rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson, uh, Jonathan Taylor's uh, beat up, uh, so that team is kind of uh, uh, they, they just lost when their wide receivers uh, missed the game through the concussion. Uh, Pittman, Michael Pittman, a big hit um, came from a safety, big hit. Um, so that team is kind of like, you know, where are they at? You know, they you know, and then they, they have a rookie uh, first year coach that came from the Eagles. Uh, you talk about D'Amico Ryan's at the Texans, right? Another first-year coach. His quarterback is facing some concussion issues. Um, they lost Tank Dale, who was their rookie, um, all all worldwide receiver, just came out of nowhere and lightened up the league. Um, so, so both of those teams, like we said, they they have things that are not even on the field. They have off the field stressors to try to figure out. All right. Are there are, are we still the same team that got to eight and six, right. or are we got to like redefine who we are for this stretch to try to make the playoffs? So I think when we look at those three teams, the one team that has the constant, uh, that the consistency, uh, is probably going to be the team that ends up winning the AFC South. And so I have the Jags going ahead and staying where they are, Sense, yeah. being that four seed. Um, don't know what their record's going to be at the end of it, but I do think if there is some room for teams to have hiccups and fall, it's probably going to be the Colts and the Texans that lose to somebody they shouldn't uh, rather than the Jags at this point in time. So I think we can pretty much bolt it down as those are going to be the four teams. Uh, the Dolphins, the Ravens, the Chiefs, and the Jags going to be seats one through four. And then when it comes to the the wild card, man, it's going to be the wild, wild west. I mean, between the Browns, the Bengals, I mean, those teams have lost quarterbacks too. And lost some significant players. You know, the Browns lost not only the quarterback, Deshaun Watson, but they lost Nick Chubb. Right. Um, crucial, crucial. The Bengals uh, ended up losing Joe Burrow. Um, so, and, and, and Jamar Chase actually has a separated shoulder issue he just dealt with this past week. So there's some star key players from both of those teams that when you look at who's going to be able to survive these last few weeks, um, like we talked about, um, 
it's more than just uh, what you've done up until this point now. It's, it's, it's who's left on their roster, who's healthy, and like you say, your mindset, your mindset, your mindset, that mental ability to stay focused, stay locked in. Uh, man, I would love to see if some of them teams had the opportunity to meet with you and your, <laughs> you and your team and get some of that. Uh, they would definitely be in a better place. So uh, and then we say we had the Texans and the Bills trying to like knock one of those teams out when it comes to the, the wild card. So that's what it looks like as far as the AFC playoff. I mean, listen, it's going to be all over the place for the next few weeks, so just hold on tight. Um, we got, we're going to come back for one more segment, and in this last segment we're going to talk uh, maybe some about the holidays, uh, maybe some gifts, ideas for, for you and yours, uh, but then also talk about some of the things that we've done here in the community as far as our service to Kansas City, and then we'll wrap around and really finish it up with uh, maybe fine-tuning maybe some more of the teams that, uh, that John is working with uh, with his uh, emotional, um, the emotional awareness company. So with that, man, this is the process where the process is always greater than what it produces. Obviously, again, let's thank our title sponsor, the McGinnis Group, T-E-A-M. Together, everybody achieves more. So with any of your health benefit needs or any of your financial concerns, reach out to someone at the McGinnis Group. We'll be right back at you. NFL fans, it's time to unwrap non-stop football action. This holiday season, throw down on big matchups with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just 5 bucks on the NFL and score 150 instantly in bonus bets. Look at the Chiefs versus the Raiders. Chiefs, 10-point favorites at home on Christmas Day. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now with code KCSN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help us available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bits expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. I mean, welcome back to the process, where the process is always great in what it produces. I'm your host, Sean Barber, 10-year NFL vet. We've got my man, John McGraw, uh, with Vision Pursue is his company. Man, we, right now, we're going to talk about some visions we have in the past. Obviously, man, this is Raider Week as we prepare for the Oakland. Oakland? Again, just, yeah. Las Vegas Raiders yeah. coming to town uh, Christmas Eve. The Chiefs uh, have a chance to take one more step to locking in that AFC West champion uh, as AFC champions uh, for a ninth time. Man, a ninth straight time, a, a, a ninth straight uh, AFC West championship. That would be the 16th overall, I think. Um, and with that said, man, it's Raider Week, so I'm I'm going to start off with one of my memories and then kick it to John. Uh, man, the, one of the most vivid memories I have about the Raiders is uh, 03 season at the Raiders. Um, we call a uh, we call it a all out blitz. Sam and Will a saw blitz. It's called saw Sam and Will. Both of the linebackers are coming. Um, everybody up on the line. The Raiders see it. Rich Gannon, he's the quarterback for the Raiders. He sees it coming. He checks maximum protection. Everybody should stay in. Um, you know, seven guys staying in the block. We bring in seven. Uh, the tight end didn't get the call. 
Tight end didn't get the call. He releases uh, like a, into a normal route. I'm coming off to the edge, and uh, that's my second sack of that game. That's the last play Rich Gannon plays in that game. Uh, definitely does some 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 damage to his shoulder. Uh, he's out for the rest of the season. He tries to come back the following season, and unfortunately, whatever was going on in his shoulder just never makes it back to the field to play. Uh, we never see the same Rich Gannon again. So I take no credit in ending anybody's career. It was if you watch it on YouTube or anything, a solid hit. Um, buy the book, no flag, no anything. Uh, I don't know. Back in those days, I think we could we could definitely put body weight on him and not get called for it. So I might have put some body weight on him. Uh, but just a real clean hit, man. And uh, again, uh, that's the most vivid memory I have when I think about you know the the Las Vegas Raiders. And I think about Raider Week. It just keeps bringing up this image of that hit over and over again. Uh, but then we talked about me and John talked about some of the different guys we played against uh, when we were here in 07. He gets drafted in 07. 07 is actually my my my, my last year in the league. Uh, but some of the guys the Raiders had when you played and some of the yeah. memories from that. Yeah, so well, I, I signed with the Chiefs in 07. My rookie year was in 02. Oh, that's right. with the Jets, and we went out and played. My, in fact, my first Monday night football game was in Oakland okay. against the Raiders. It was Rich Gannon, of course, amazing quarterback, Chiefs, uh, former Chiefs player too. Uh, and then Jerry Rice, Tim Brown. And I mean, that was one of the – Maybe the only time where I had a little bit of like starstruck, starstruck. Yeah, like I'm a rookie and I go out in the field and I see Jared Jerry Rice. Rice like, what am I doing out here? Like I have no business being out here. So I remember that in first Monday Night Football game. That was a, a really cool experience. Uh, and then we came back a few weeks later and played them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And they they beat us in the playoffs. We we had a good year that year with the Jet, our good team with the Jets. Uh, they had a, they went to go go in the Super Bowl that year and lost to Tampa Bay. But that was uh, some of the earliest memories. What I remember about the Raiders is they always just had amazing athletes, like mm-hmm. freak athletes at every position. Yes, but they just couldn't pull together. They couldn't yes. play together as a team, and we just knew that we were gonna we're the better team. Like we can go out and execute better and beat them the majority of the time. Um, and then yeah, I had got uh, knocked out in 2010 in Oakland, so the the memory started going downhill quickly, <laughs> are completely erased because yeah. I was uh, unconscious. But um, yeah, not not a love, not a lot of love for the Raiders. I'll just, I'll just put it. Like that, not a lot of love. Yeah, I think we talk about the Robert Gallery, uh, a guy from Iowa, uh, offensive lineman, uh, just nasty, nasty, snarly guy. Uh, obviously, a guy that you would love to have him be your teammate, but hate going against him as a competitor. Uh, yeah, man, yeah, Robert Gallery. Yeah, on the sideline. Oh. <laughs> man, Raider Week is big, though. Um, Kansas City loves. Uh, we love when the Raiders come into town. We love having the opportunity to go to the Raiders. Um, man, the Raiders team, uh, uh, Anthony um, AP. AP is now the head coach. Um, I had a chance to play with him. He was a he was an outside linebacker for the Redskins. Um, one of my last years there, uh, maybe the 2000 year, 2001, uh, they brought him in. It was myself, uh, Anthony, LeVar Arrington as the three linebackers during, during that year. And uh, I, man, he just... He has a he has a knowledge about the game of football as a young man coming into the league that I was from, I was I was just amazed by. Probably reminds me a lot, you know, not not in the same athletic sense, but just in his leadership abilities. As not only like D'Amico Ryan's when I played with him at the Texans, but what I hear about uh, Bolton, uh, what I hear about Bolton from most of the coaches or the teammates is that I mean he just has a knack and a mind for football. He knows the fronts, the stunts, the coverages how to get everybody aligned, and then the adjustments you make based off the offensive personnel. And when you have guys that come into the league and you just 
You know, they talk the language. They they just they, they aren't coming into the league having to learn how to play pro football. Right. It's like they were pros playing in college. Yeah. And it's, it's a few guys in my career who I've played with like that. Uh, AP was one of them. And so him going into the, you know, be, being a Raiders coach, interim, interim, uh, interim coach, um, I asked one of my boys, uh, my son is Nico Barber. He works for the Chiefs. You see him on some of that social media stuff with the equipment room. And I asked him, do you think that um, AP deserves to now be the long-term coach of the Raiders? Has he shown enough over a few weeks? Um you know, a few losses, a few wins. Obviously, the big blowout when they they blew out the Chargers, scoring sixty three points um, last week. Um, and what he said to me was that the last time the Raiders had a guy, it was a special teams coach. Um, he was the interim coach before they gave the job to Gruden. And I think that the Raiders' biggest mistake was not listening to the team. The team wanted to keep the special teams coach as the coach. The organization went with the Raiders. They gave Gruden a $100 million, 10-year deal. Uh, John Gruden started bringing his own scouting, and it was, you know, he had his own scouts kind of overseeing or questioning what the new, new scouts were in. You know, it ended up being a mess uh, with Gruden. And then, you know, they go to the, the Patriots, you know, ex-Patriots coach now become the head coach, and he gets fired. Now AP's there. So uh, I think that they kind of learned their lesson from history it would tell them just to like listen to the players, follow what the players are asking, and if you ask most of those players, I think they really like what they see uh, out of Anthony as the head coach. Um, any situations or any times in your career where you think you know from a coaching standpoint, um, I mean, I got a few where uh, coaches, you know, a few of the coaches I was played with, whatever, left and became head coaches other places. Um, Harbaugh with the uh, Ravens, he was my special teams coach. Um, Ron Rivera was my linebacker coach at the Eagles. He ended up becoming uh, the Panthers coach and then the uh, Washington Commanders coach. Uh, Sean McDermott was a coach for the Bills and now, I mean, was a coach with the Eagles when I was there and now with the Bills. Any former uh, coaches of yours that have be- gone on to become head coaches? And, or Ooh, that's a good question. Tough question on. Yeah, I'm trying to think uh, back. Uh t- t- I'm not sure. No one jumps out right off the top of my head. Um, but I, I, what, what I will say in gosh, I guess, oh, even some of the qualities yeah. of, of why would, what makes certain guys, um, what makes certain guys great coaches and what's, yeah. you know, what is, you know, we see in the league, there's so many coaches that are failing. They're giving jobs, they're failing, they're giving yeah. jobs, they're failing. And teams are being really quick to, you know, fire them. And, and there's a handful of coaches who didn't even make it through their first year this year. Um, what are some of the qualities that we are, I guess, that we, we would see as ex-players that we find is something that we makes us want to follow this guy or feel like this guy is a leader of men yeah. that you've seen in some of the coaches in your career? Well, I, I think you just nailed it right there. And I, I work with a lot of coaches at uh, the collegiate and professional level and um, in about every sport. And what I see, the biggest difference, the, the ones, the great coaches versus everyone else, the great coaches realize that whatever sport they're coaching, that's not their primary business. Right. If you're if you're coaching in football, coaching football is not your primary business. Mm. You're 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 actually in the people business. Your primary job is to lead people, which doesn't have anything to do with what you're at the technical right, part of the job. And so I think the coaches that are really, really good at understanding people and understanding how to communicate to people, 
they're the ones that separate themselves because it's not it's not at that point it's no, no longer about X's and O's like that's that's part of it. Mm-hmm. But especially as a head coach, you have to be able to command the room and you have to be able to capture people's hearts and minds and direct them in in one direction. And that's less about your football knowledge and that's about your ability to um, to sell right, your vision mm-hmm. for that team and for that that organization. And so I think that's the that's the primary difference is. The coaches who just, hey, I'm just a football coach. I'm just going to know football at a really high. I've got my doctorate in football. That's nice, but that's not going to translate when you actually got to get up in front of the room and convince guys right, to go out and put it all on the line. Right? And so I think that's what separates the, the great ones from everybody else. You said earlier, culture wins. And I think that that same aspect of what you just said, how you have to capture their hearts. You got to make them see the, the vision, the path. I think that's the one thing that made Andy or is currently making Andy such a transitional coach to be able to win at Philadelphia with that locker room, come here and build a locker room and continue to win and have success at both places. Because I can tell you from being in the locker room um, twice, 02 and 06 in Philly, the 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 kind of guys we had in Philly were not the same guys we had here in Kansas City now. It was a whole different uh, band of, of, of guys with way big, I mean, we think we got some personalities here, but Donovan McNabb and uh, Hugh Douglas and Javon Curse and Brian Dawkins, Troy, ba- I mean, Al, I mean, a number of guys. We, I mean, we had some really big personalities in that, that that Philadelphia locker room. But like you said, the one thing that Andy always did, what he, he knew that he was in the people business. It wasn't about the X's and O's. We knew he was an offensive-minded coach. We know really he didn't really care what we did on defense. Uh, he let you know Jim Johnson, bless his soul, run the defense. Coach Spags was on that defense. Sean McDermott, Ron Rivera. He had a bunch of capable guys that he could entrust the defense to. And I think he's done the same thing here with Kansas City. Um, Dave Merritt, Coach uh, House, uh, uh, Joe Cullen, uh, Spags, um, all those guys, you know, collectively, um, you know, lead the defense and decide what we do defensively. And that allows Andy to be really uh, more hands-on when it comes to the, the different development of the personal uh, lines and everything. So I think, like you said, the, the, the one important thing that I think many, many of these uh, struggling franchises around the NFL might be missing in their interviews is they're looking for a guy who can get up on the chalkboard and put together game plans, who can put together these great defenses trying to stop people. Where really they probably should sit there and just spend time looking at the person, going through some uh, like some 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 vision pursuit, <laughs> vision, vision pursuit type of training. Um, and that might lead them to a direction of having a more uh, well-structured, well-versed, capable coach of coaching uh, 53 men to try to get through a football season. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think you see that that culture over time play out and it equiv- equivocate to, to wins. And I, I think take a moment and just think about what the Chiefs have done we've gotten a little spoiled, right? We just start to expect them mm-hmm. to, to win the AFC West every year. And, and uh, it is it is hard to win football games <laughs> in the NFL. And I think it's easy to forget that. Yes, it is. Right? And so a little word of encouragement to Chiefs fans, like just enjoy, like keep, keep enjoying this and realize that we're spoiled right now as, as Chiefs fans. And and then also respect what Clark and and Mark Donovan and Andy and, and Veach, what they what they've done, what they mm-hmm. put together, and then, and then how the players are carrying. Like this is a just a, a special, it's a special thing what they're doing, right? Yes. And 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 they wouldn't be having the success they are if they weren't valuing people, right? And and making that an important part of the their success. 
Well, that's great. That's great. Hey, man, we're going to close out the show. I just want to give you another chance just to uh, kind of clue us in on some of the things, maybe some of the uh, aspects of the company and maybe what are the goals for the company moving forward, some of the markets you're hoping to expand into, and how can any of us help, uh, you know, add any more uh, exposure, add any more, like, can we, you know, like, follow, mm-hmm. um, retweet, or whatever we can do on social media to help the company? Well, first of all, it's really kind. Thanks again for, for having me in. Uh, so, so we haven't gotten to the point where we, we are, um, we have a, a B2C or, or a individual consumer um, a product or service. So right now we're just working with corporate teams and sports teams. Majority of our business is in the corporate space. So working with corporate leadership teams, sales teams, management teams, or entire organizations. I think what's unique about what we've built is that uh, mental skills training, which is common kind of vernacular in sports uh, in the corporate world, is it's more uh, maybe stress management, employee engagement, uh, leadership type of training. For, for a long time, that was perceived as much more of a kind of an individual thing, right? So so you go to a, a sports team and it's, well, hey, hey, here's the the sports psych or here's the mental skills coordinator. And if you, you want to go talk to him, you go talk to him. And for, for us, we think that's a, a flawed um, approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't see any difference between the mental skills training program and the strength and conditioning program. Like it should be done as a team. It sh- there should be a systematic approach to it. Um, now, there's a, an element that's nuanced right, to, to, to the individual, but the majority of mental skills training, the, the majority of, we just call it straight up adult development, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it, how you develop a human being, it's it's generic. It's the same, right? The, the same mental skills, just like if you go to the weight room, you're a linebacker, I'm a safety. There's a few things we might be doing differently, but the majority of what oh, we yeah. do, it's the same, right? It, and we want to do it together because that's how we develop Right, that connection and that rapport and the communication, we're spending time doing hard things together. And so that's what we've built uh, for, for corporate teams and sports teams is a systematic approach to mindset training uh, that we think gets tremendous results. And um, and like you said, also it allows people to enjoy the process yeah, yeah. along the way where a lot of, a lot of our culture has uh, attached too much dopamine to the end result. Where we only get to enjoy life at the end when we get there, when we achieve whatever it is. Uh, and there's a way that you can spread that dopamine out over the entire journey, right? And it not just be a, a means to an end. I love it, man. Hey, listen, if you have a chance, do some more research by my man, John McGraw, his company, Vision Pursue, and all the great things they're doing with different sports teams as far as uh, building up great mindset, strong, strong-minded individuals. And this is Sean Barber, 10-year NFL vet, and thank you for joining us on The Process, where the process is always greater than what it produces.